It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Haefeli and guest Megan Angley on the show. We're going to be breaking down the Avs roster as we now have an official, I suppose, opening night roster. We'll talk about the defense a little bit on the show. We'll get into what that might actually look like. But I'm, I'm curious, Megan, your thoughts. Sampo Ranta making the team. What do you got for me? I'm really high on Sampo Ranta. I love a good NCAA to NHL pipeline. And I'm excited to see what comes next. I think he's exactly the type of player that Bednar wants. He plays with a little edge. It reminds me of Logan O'Connor. And I think he belongs there for now. I like I like it. I, I like the thinking one, he belongs. Are you one of those NCAA biased people that thinks that oh, here we go. go to college here hockey? we go. <laughs> no. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Shut that down real quick on you. Yeah, I mean Let me ask you something. Why do you want to play college hockey? Isn't it obvious? Yeah. Because I wanted to win a championship. <laughs> What, how close did you get to college hockey, AJ? Oh, dude, no. When Not you grow close? Up in, when you grow up in Texas, no. Okay. All right. I didn't think so. I didn't but. even get all that close to college. Well, me either. Let, but. let alone an athletic achievement <laughs> while in college. <laughs> no, enough. I had I had to quit playing hockey when I was 17, man, because my brain got scrambled. Mm. Unfortunate. Yeah, that's why I don't have any balance when I close my eyes. The world just starts. I, st- I feel the earth rotation. Your brain's getting scrambled to explain a lot of things. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's, it's like that. But for real. Oh, but for real. Uh, the Avs roster. Look, it's the forward core is set. We'll yeah. put it that way. They decided on 12 forwards. Yes. We, we, we talked about their tendency to do this kind of stuff at the start of the season how they may not want to because the Eagles are on the road next week. So if there's a call-up, if somebody gets hurt and they need help, that guy's not in Loveland. you got to travel. Yeah. That's going to be, uh, I mean. It's a choice. Yeah. They made their decision there. Um, they have some spares on defense. Again, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I do want to start with the forward core. Um I'm going to exclude... The <laughs> you don't want to start with the goalies, which are done? Yeah, the goalies are very obvious. Uh, I'm, I'm going to exclude the three-headed monster from this question that I'm about to ask both of you. Beyond the top line, who is the key player in the Avs forward core this year? We'll go with Megan first. Like a, okay. I am going to lock in Burakovsky. 
I like the answer. Why? I I think he's due um, for a little bit more leadership in how he plays, um, and I think he's really solidified his role on the second line, and I'm excited to see what's to come from him. Okay. AJ? Contract years. Nah, well. It's easy to pick a contract year. A guy that's playing for the big, the big cash. Like, it seems like a cop-out, but I mean, come on. So the, Berkey's playing for the money it, right now. Kadri's in a contract year, too. Yeah, but when you're 31, it's a little different because he's coming off of a long-term deal. He's been Whereas, underpaid for that whole deal. Sure, though. but he's also had the security of a long-term contract for a large portion of his career. Whereas Burakovsky has been living on two-year deals. So this is a this is a dude who is playing for being the bell of the ball next summer and going into free agency potentially as a 30 goal guy. I, I mean that he could make it hard for Colorado to keep him. If he plays up to his potential on the second line, he could, I, I don't think there's any denying that I am. I am curious how, what is Burakovsky's role on the second line, right? Because they have Nazem Kadri there. Those two are going to be a pairing on the line. And you have a third spot that, yes, right now it's found the Chushkin. But we're expecting it to be in flux. So how, how important is it for Burakovsky, as you brought up, to be a leader on that line? I have him filling that position better than Kadri could. I, I have a gut feeling about work ethic. And I see Burakovsky checking all the boxes with off-ice workouts in a way that I'm not sure Kadri can fulfill. And there's always the unknowns that surround Kadri's play um, and how available he'll be for future games if he's pushing the envelope. The the unpredictability <laughs> of... <laughs> the Department of Player Safety. Kadri's rage. It's not consistent. I want to root for Kadri well, as well. But I just see Burakovsky showing up in a more sustainable way that I think is going to have him emerging as a leader on that line. Well, if he does, and then he does justify the abs bringing him back, he becomes part of the core. Definitely. Like, this is his opportunity to prove that all this money getting spent bringing guys back every offseason and that these are indispensable characters to them that they have to pony up to keep these guys. This is his opportunity to prove he's one of those guys. Well, and regardless of the way the season goes for the Avs, Andre Burkowski is one of what is now even fewer players based on the offseason moves that the Avs made that has been there and done that. He has won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And he actually played. Yes. It wasn't like it wasn't Grubauer backing like, it up. Yeah, indeed. I played the first two games we lost. I got pulled and I didn't see the ice again until I was skating around with the Stanley Cup. <laughs> he actually played on that team. Nice he way to get could, back on the ice, though. He actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, Burkowski actually like contributed to that to that playoff run, though. Right. He was, uh, you know, he was playing in their bottom six, but certainly still a factor. Yeah. And 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 maybe. That's another thing. It's the Avs need Berkey to show up in the playoffs. Yeah, and and look, 
obviously the Avs need everyone to show up in the playoffs, but <laughs> Berkey <laughs> it helps. has one season of playing lights out. Yeah. And another season of disappointment in the playoffs. And at least as far as Colorado is concerned, his playoff performance, I think, is going to define who he is here more than anything he does in the regular season, barring insanity sure. of, a, of a regular season performance. So that is, I, I guess that's where, look, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because we're expecting this roster will not look the same come day one of the playoffs. Yeah. But wh- who has room to improve? Who Who is going to put themselves in an opportunity to succeed going into the playoffs by the end of this season? I mean, the easy answer is the rookies. Sure. You know, uh, Megan brings up Burakovsky having an increased leadership role. When you're opening night roster and you're a Stanley Cup contender and you have three rookies... You need some guys to help them figure it all out. You need some babysitters. And one of the things that we think is likely to happen is that one of these kids ends up on a line, on on the second line at some point, next to Kadri, next to Berkey. So if Berkey's going to have the kind of year that we all think that he has, and if he's going to be the X factor, that's going to be a big part of it, is that he has to help the kids find their way. Right, so that's a cop out of an answer, but well, being which we guys go, which guys improve and put themselves in a position to get better and help the team in the postseason, rookies. Let's. I mean, I mean, let's jump off of this. We've talked about Rant a little bit. Alex Newhook, Bowen Byram, who's more important? Gut, gun to head, Bowen Byram. Okay, that, that feels right to me. Um, I I still feel like Alex Newhook is a little green. I'm very excited about him, but I see. Bowen Byram fitting in with the big the big kids right now. It's it's incredible, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but the areas in which Byram has been successful in the NHL are ones that rookies don't succeed at. Yes, yeah. the Avs need more offense out of him this year, hands down. Totally. But... To get elite Funny feelings, as they probably get more than the eight point pace he was on. Yeah, last year. I I don't think that's that funny of a feeling. <laughs> but did not need a tarot card for that one. Yeah, exactly. But it, the it's one of those things where the way Bowen Byron played last year, despite him not getting back in the lineup, you look at his numbers and you go, these are the numbers that coaches love. This is the type of dude yeah. that you put on the ice and you don't worry about. With Newhook, look, I love Alex Newhook. Might be, you know, leading the fan club pretty soon here of 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 pumping Alex Newhook's tires. But he very much falls into those same traps that rookies fall into of how much consistency are you going to get out of this guy? What do you expect every single night? Yes, he has some flair, some flash, but... Can he shore up the shortcomings in his game? And, and and I think that's the big question is how willing will the Avs be to give Alex Newhook opportunity this year? That's what I want to know. My fear, too, with Newhook is that it's just a matter of time for him to grow a little bit stronger. I see him being out-muscled, and 
that takes opportunity and time to develop, but I just don't know how much opportunity the Avs can give him when they have so many other forwards that they could be playing. Well, and where you see physical development, that's the thing that Ranta's done. Dude's a monster. His trajectory is insane. Ranta's Ranta's big, and he's you know, and he's also older, so he's had more time to actually grow up. (laughs) Yes, and how that works. Yeah, and and so you know, when you talk about Newhook being, you know, he's got to he's got to figure out either how to be effective while being pushed around, yeah, or he's got to stop being pushed around. Like those are his options, right? Like that's and with Ranta. He doesn't have to worry about the being pushed around part because when people hit him, they bounce off him. Like <laughs> he, just, he yeah. just looks at him like, God, what, what hit me? What just <laughs> ran into me? And then goes about his business. His, his problems are wholly different. Definitely. Disciplinary. It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> After because that last preseason I, game. <laughs> I lost my mind. That was bananas. I was looking around the arena. This has got to be a prank, right? <laughs> the, the fourth one, the press box yeah. was like, are you serious with this? We're in on the same joke, right? How are you how, how are you going to commit a fourth penalty in the game and then go into the box and be like, giggle? This is a joke. It, yeah. I just I'm shocked that they kept the kid after a four penalty performance. Absolutely. Especially shocked. in favor of Mikhail Maltsev. I loved Maltsev. I well and I it's funny because we talk opening night, but I I don't think he'll be gone long. I think yeah. he'll, I think we'll see him soon. I I agree. The, the abs can't spend very long with 12 forwards. I mean, let's be yeah. real. As soon as they head out on a road trip, you know Malsev's coming up. But it's... I do think it says something that the opportunity was explicitly given to Sampo Ranta. I, I think they were just looking for an excuse for both of them. And they said, look, we can figure this out in the regular season in a way they couldn't afford to in the postseason last year. And well, I think they just like what Ranta does physically so much that they're willing to just live and die with it, where the I mean, regular season games, that's, that's what they're going to use them for this year, is they're going to try and get the kids up to speed. They're going to try and get them into meaningful roles. Nachushkin's not going to last on that second line, so they need somebody to. Is that going to be JT Comfer? Is it going to be Sampo Ranta? Is it going to be Alex Newhook? Is it going to be Tyson Jost? Is Val Nichuch <laughs> going to go there and then get taken off and then go back there because they have no solution? Is it going to be Phil Kessel when they trade for him at the trade deadline? <laughs> All right, like, calm it down. Like they're that that's right now. That's like the biggest. Just it's just a giant question mark in the middle of their roster, and not having a solidified answer to that question is just it's going to dog them until they find one. It is. Um, I, so part of this that is interesting to me specifically is somehow, some way, every year, the Avs find ways to have stupid center depth. <laughs> and look, obviously having yeah. McKinnon at the top of that list helps a ton. Sure. They still have Nazem, Nazem Kadri as 2C. But the way they have organized their lineup, as it seems now... Alex Newhook is 3C. JT Comfer is 4C. You have Tyson Jost that can slot in at C whenever the Avs feel like doing it. And now they're 13th forward with the Eagles. Mikhail Maltsev is someone they want to see at C. 
So they're six You're centers deep. all preseason at center. They're six centers deep, and they haven't played a hockey game that matters yet. Are any of them any good? McKinnon's pretty good. Kadri's pretty good. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I, yes, there are a lot of question marks there, but I... Is that what is part of the selling point on, on Sampo Ranta to you? Is that, I know this is weird to say on an NHL lineup, but that he's not a C? He's a, <laughs> he's a pure winger? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it takes somebody exactly like him. And, and um, when you've got so much depth at C, you need someone who can slot in and just play wing. Okay. I, keep it simple. Stick to the system. I, I keep it simple is exactly right. I think with with Ransa and there's no look there. I don't think there are any misconceptions from Jared Bednar about what he's going to ask Sampo Ranta to do. Skating straight lines. Exactly. It's go fast this way. Go fast that way. Don't take four penalties. Stop chasing the puck in the defensive zone. I, I don't know if you're ever going to stop him from doing that, but... I mean, Alex Newick stopped when he got to college. You just got to get it coached out of you. True. Look, I don't know how three years at Minnesota didn't get it coached out of him, but he still just chases it around. He looks like he looks like a day one Rocket League player. Just just chasing, just chasing. Uh, that Just sees, see ball, chase ball, see puck, chase puck. That hurts me somewhere deep inside. <laughs> All right? <laughs> uh, you broke a part of me with, with that question. That's what you get for saying you don't like ribs. Uh, okay. All right. We need to we need to drop this fight. We, <laughs> we're going to have a brawl after this show. It's never going to end, Rudo. You got a horrible take, and we will take you to the grave on this. He doesn't like ribs. I, how are y'all just letting this dude get off? Of his ska sucks take, all right? It's pretty it's, easy. Ska yeah, sucks, easy, man. man. It's not international love ska. Like we, uh, everybody loves ribs except for weirdos. Yeah, you know who likes ska? Suburban white kids who grew up in the late '90s and early 2000s. End of list. You've just selected 80 percent of our fan base. <laughs> well, and they're all weirdos, man. It's yeah. proven. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good being the, the, the wrong about this. I don't know how you feel about ska, but I think it sucks. What what is your take on ska? Do you know ska at all? No. What what is Perfect. your music taste? Not ska. It it's pretty broad. Um, Hip hop. All right, like modern, old school. Both. Okay. All right. So a little bit of everything. Yes. What? Abs win a hockey game. What's your uh, What's your? They just took yeah, down the W jam? song. It's got to be Timber by Kesha. Okay, I can get down with some Kesha. I can live with that dream. Kesha, uh, Rudo dances to Kesha and his jorts. Absolutely. Absolutely will you, shake the jorts to Kesha. You put that in my brain, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. While AJ claps in the background. I thought we were pros. <laughs> it's just an assault upon my sensibilities. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yuck, you're not on Team AJ. Got it. <laughs> I love AJ, but I'm not Team Ferrari, so. It's it's easy to not be Team Ferrari. All right, let's. We're just gonna move you, on from that. You're just Team Checo. All right. It's Who, easy. by the way, that was he did an awesome job on Lewis Hamilton the other day. He held him up good. That like yeah. that like four corner defense was insanity. <laughs> it was so impressive. 
us Mexicans have to stick together, and we're really good at defending shit. So, no comment. All right. No comment. Um, all right. I do want to look in the defense a little bit. The forward core is set. There is a high inclination of who the 6D is going to be, but the abs are not carrying 20 skaters. They do have both Jack Johnson and Curtis McDermott. First of all, what do you both think of Justin Barron getting the cut, the final cut? How do you feel? I'm at peace with it, but I really like what I've seen from Justin Barron, and I think he's just not quite NHL ready, um, but he's so close. I think it's another issue of physicality with him, um, just being so close to being ready, but not there yet. I am surprised, though, um, in place of either Jack Johnson or McDermott, Justin Barron got sent back down. It's it's tough with McDermott, right? That one's tough for me. McDermott, look, without without having this conversation again on this podcast, the Colorado Avalanche gave up a fourth-round pick for Curtis McDermott. Obviously, someone in their front office sees something worth having with him. So despite my disagreement... This is I, the 13th I, forward. <laughs> They haven't played him at forward once. Just say They haven't played him at forward once. Rather than do that than play him on defense. I'm, I hear you, but whatever qualms we may have, the abs front office clearly sees him as a defenseman, and he sits wherever he sits on the lineup, and that's not getting sent to the Eagles. Yeah, they clearly see him as an NHL player, which just tells you that they've got a blind spot. Yep. They just keep pushing it. And sure, he's a perfectly lovable human being. But yeah, oh my god! Great, uh, look, everyone's a great dude unless I hear otherwise. And McDermott will absolutely run a couple dudes over, but the hockey's rough. The Neat. hockey that he plays is rough. <laughs> the discourse surrounding McDermott has been—he's exactly as advertised, but I fear he's worse. And he's <laughs> slow, and he's clunky. And I've been racking my brain for hours to try and figure this one out. I think some of it might have to do with Chicago and St. Louis being the first two games. He serves as a sacrificial body to sort of pad some of, like with Kamakar, I don't know what the nature of his injury or just yeah. being a little bruised up was, but maybe to add a, an actual body as sacrifice. So we're talking. To withstand <laughs> Chicago like, and St. Louis. The Avs hired an enforcer specifically <coughs> like Edmonton did for Gretzky back in the day. Yeah, Excellent. I mean, the, Marty McSorley played on that dude's line. Wow. So, to Marty McSorley played on that dude's line to specifically walk up to dudes and say, "Don't, don't effing touch yeah, Wayne Gretzky." <laughs> don't you don't you don't talk to Mister Gretzky. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that conversation. I, so. You, do you remember? Uh, do you remember BattleBots? Oh, do I remember BattleBots, okay. bro? Right. I don't know if you're familiar. Was this the the bots people the, would create the, with weapons on top of yeah, them? Yeah, the, the robot, exactly the robot yes. fights that they used to have. Yes, yes. that's 
Do you remember in, in every episode of BattleBots, there would always be the one dude that showed up with the... It just didn't work right. And like they would start <laughs> and nothing happened. Didn't function and their and bot short-circuited and got yeeted. Yeah. It was super janky yeah. and it didn't work right. That's what Curtis McDermott is on this oh, defense. Oh he is the dysfunctional BattleBot. That that should get yeeted. <laughs> I don't I don't know of a more eloquent way to very, say that, but very much the battle bot that some dude was like, I'd be so cool to stick a sledgehammer on top of this, and then and it, then <laughs> the sledgehammer keeps the battle bot from being able to move properly yeah. because it was too heavy and the weight distribution was all off, and so the thing just got smoked. Yep, because it couldn't move and it couldn't do anything else, but it had a sledgehammer. The standard Great. bot with just like a flipper on the front of it just rolls up and yeah. sends. It, yeah, like. that's all it is, man. That he is the dysfunctional battle bot. That's really, that's really what it is. You're talking about him being slow and clunky, and I'm like, yep, he's the dysfunctional battle bot. Okay, that's that's what he. That's that's how I feel so, about it. So we have the dysfunctional battle bot. Is is Jack Johnson the battle bot that's built out of old parts that someone pulled out of the dumpster? No, he <laughs> is. He is. I don't have a. I don't have any more battle bot references to go to moving on moving on but it, it like jack let well, let's start here we have not officially announced it on the show it's been true for a couple days jack johnson does officially have a contract yeah with the colorado avalanche for one year at 750k again not a guy you signed to send to the ahl happy for him that he will have more than three dollars <laughs> <laughs> that is a great tweet yeah great comment Go find. I don't even know who who sent it, but Jack Johnson's tweet about his kids, uh, yeah. uh, hilarious. But uh, I'll, I'll ask this to both of you again. What is Jack Johnson's role on this term, this team, long term? Right now, obviously, Devontae's is out, but long term as in this season, just the season. This yes, okay. For the the length just, of this current contract. Just just make it because you say long term, and you know I just want clarification. Not that's all. not Landis Gog long term. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be in the league by then. <laughs> I I hope not. Um. Yeah. Wow. Take that, Jack Johnson. Look, no, get your money, Jack. But if you're playing in the league at thirty eight, thirty nine, and you're not broken down. Let me know your workout routine, my guy, because that's a hard life. You wouldn't follow it. Obviously. That's why I'm sitting on a couch and he's yeah. playing for the Colorado Avalanche, that's what my I'm guy. Saying. Why do you want to know his workout routine? You lie. Maybe there's a secret that's easy that, I that keeps you in shape. That's all I'm looking for. It's ribs. It's better not be ribs. It better not be ribs. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that would be, oh, God, that'd be tremendous. Um, <laughs> Look, he. This is his role. What he is right now. Devon Taves is hurt, so he's he's first man up off of the bench, and the thing that gives me some modicum of optimism is that we've never really seen Jack Johnson in a true depth role before. He has always played twenty two minutes a night. He's always been a really limited guy, and then last year when he was in the Rangers. They started to give him too much time. Well, they yeah. started they they started him out as a depth type of guy, and where did his numbers go? They were fine until they moved they were, him up the lineup. They were yeah. they were league averages defender. Like it was a passable. He's defender. a dude you get away with on a third pair. Exactly. Yeah. And look, as long as they as long as they understand that and they are committed to that, and they don't fall into this temptation 
that every other head coach he's had in his whole life has had to just make him into a top four guy and just watch him get crushed every night. As long as they avoid that temptation and they understand this is a third-pairing guy who will play a third-pairing role. He will not play on the power play. He will play on one of the two penalty kill units, probably next to Eric Johnson. And they will get some, they don't have to, they, they won't have to, to play Devon Taves there when Taves gets healthy. And if he still stays in the lineup, depending on how things go, like he can help, he can genuinely help them, but it has to be understood that it is a limited role. And we haven't, we have one thing about Jared Bednar in previous years, we have seen he's not shy to just play guy nine minutes. Because if that's where he thinks he can, he, that's what he can get out of that guy, and that guy be helpful. That's he'll what stop. Do. Yeah, Megan. First of all, do you listen to Jack Johnson's music? Banana pancakes. Yes. Okay, I, I, I think that's the first person I've asked that has actually said yes to that question. Do I listen with regularity? No. Well, does anyone listen to Jack Johnson with regularity? I was in an elevator once, and I heard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly right. More importantly, really is that kind of music. Uh, oh, what are your thoughts on what Jack Johnson can do to help the Avalanche? I think I share AJ's sentiment that as long as you acknowledge that he is what he is, he can serve as a very solid third pairing defenseman. I also think Big Brain Joe Sackick knows a lot more than I do, and he has a way of bringing players in and breathing that Colorado air and revitalizing aging or stagnant players who are coming from a stagnant place in their career and giving them opportunity. I think we saw this with Valerie Nuchuskin and the role that he took on from Dallas now on to here the season that he had. There's something that happens at altitude that I think could really benefit Jack Johnson and I hope it does. All right. I just hit people, block some shots. Keep pass, it simple. Pass the puck to your D partner and just stay out of the way. Please. So and just just be easy, homie. Don't don't. So let's don't get complicated. I mean, I mean, let's go there. You say pass the puck to his D partner. Who do you put with Jack Johnson? Um, uh, <laughs> Murray. All right, Ryan Murray. Now, Murray is an interesting one, right? Because AJ, you've talked about how he hasn't really had the opportunity to be the offensive guy. Yeah. In previous teams in his career. Sure. But especially in a bottom pairing role, how much upside do you think is there? Enough. That's not I mean, high praise, but that's oh, good no. enough. No, I mean, I mean, I think if you have Ryan Murray and Jack Johnson as your third pairing, you're not Tampa Bay of last year. Sure. But you know who else is not Tampa Bay of last year? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay. So there isn't, you know, you're... Your third pairing needs to be able to take on bottom six lines on the opposing team. Sure. And if they get caught in a change, you know, you're on the road and you get matched up, you need to be able to survive against the top line. What kind of confidence do I have that Ryan Murray and Jack Johnson do that? I have more confidence in that pairing than I do with anything that involved Patrick Nemeth. And okay. I think Patrick Nemeth is better than Jack Johnson. I just think that Ryan Murray is fine. Finds a way to keep that yeah. lot, that pairing afloat a little I just, bit. I'm not. I'm just not overly concerned about Ryan Murray. He's such. He's been asked to be the guy, kind of like Jack Johnson for so much of his career. He's been put in big roles consistently, 
that I think him getting to be in a depth role where they can they can maximize some of his talent. I think I think it'll be just fine. I'm just I'm I'm really just not that concerned with truthfully any alignment. If now, if they put Jack Johnson with Kale McCarr, it's going to be like, why are you doing this? But ultimately, I'm, there isn't one single alignment of these six guys in particular, while Taves is out, that I that I look at and say... Absolutely hate. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, last year, there was the Graves-Nemeth pairing at the end of the season, where when they put them out together, you were just like... Hold on to your butts. Oh, yeah. my God, I'm going to white knuckle the next 90 seconds. And, you know, you just worried about it. Because they were just such a bad fit. The, this six right here, I'm not worried about that much. And when Devon Taves gets healthy, and if Jack Johnson is the one that leaves the lineup, girl, please. <laughs> Feeling good. It's the best defense by a country mile in the NHL in that top six. Talk dirty to me. Yeah, but because, I mean, you have Devon Taves and, I mean, Gerard and McCarr look like they're going to start together. And then... You have you'll have T- Taves and EJ and then and then Byram and Murray. Well, now that's well, a see you soon, Tampa, because it's it's <laughs> it's happening. That's a conversation I wanted to get into because wherever Byram ends up when the Avs are fully healthy, what's the game plan? Opening night, send it, Byram top pairing or second pairing next to Daddy EJ. Second pairing. Okay, yeah. all right. He needs EJ. Play it a little presence. safe. Yeah, I. I He's think that but. two guys, two guys who haven't played in a long time, haven't been in game action in a long time. Yeah, I'm good with that. Put it together. Yeah, let it work. Yeah, all right. No, no. Uh, we know how they roll anyway. They'll break them up and they'll they'll play yeah. them situationally. Whatever position they're in, yeah, it'll be, it'll be whatever they're they're feeling like. Yeah, to to send. I, I, I am interested to see. What situations Jared Bednar aggressively uses Bowen Byron in? Offensive ones. You think so? Yeah, well, with no Taves, I think it makes it easier, especially if you break up Gerard and McCarr, that he plays the rights that, that Byron can play left side against Mc, with McCarr, or he can play on the right side next to Gerard. Play on the left side next to Gerard. We've seen Sammy G be very good on the right side. So, and I, I think that there will be opportunities, you know, if you come right off of a power play that didn't, that didn't score, but you have an offensive zone face off, bam, you throw Byram out there. You know, if, if the top unit got the entire power play, so McCarr needs to sit, then you throw Byram out there with Gerard. Okay. Run a little 2D spot there. Yeah. Because you like, you like that, that puck moving that upside a little bit more than what you're expecting out of Eric Johnson. Okay. I, you you've kind of brought me to our next topic, and and I want to get Megan your opinion on this because, to put it lightly, the Avs power play systems are quite contentious in the Avalanche community. How do you feel particularly about the power play that the Avs run? Through what like what window is it this just going into this season? What I expect. Sure. Whatever you, however you want to take the question. Okay. Okay. I liked what I saw uh, special teams in preseason. JT Comfer on the power play inspired hope. Sam Gerard on the power play inspired hope. I'm at peace with it. Okay. Can you can you sell me as JT Comfer as the first power play bumper? 
this is a really tough sell for me. Uh, I'm going off of just what I saw in preseason, and it worked. Okay. It worked for me, um, and I saw this as an opportunity for a guy who is due to have a much better year than last um, to carve Depends out on his blockages, a role. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's those very obstacles that I think he could step up on the power play and grow a little confidence in his identity there um, and overcome those obstacles. <laughs> AJ, are you a believer in Confer on PP1? Or are you a doomer? Um, I think it's fine. Okay. Uh, I don't think that there is a... I don't think there's a right fit. Sure. I mean, we've talked about the Evs' obsession with a right shot there. Right, and that's the thing is that they want a right shot there. So right now your options are Logan O'Connor or JT Confer. Yep. Uh, JT Confer is the easy choice there. I I think it's hard to put Logan O'Connor on a power play. Yeah, for sure. we, We saw it in the first preseason game, and it was like, this is not great. So this is why this doesn't work. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I ultimately I'm fine with it. I mean that that unit was aces in the postseason last year, and if you want to be mad about the Vegas series, you, one of the things you should be mad about is that officiating didn't give the Abs opportunity favored yeah. the Golden Knights after Game Two so thoroughly that. Colorado's power play was humming along. It destroyed Vegas in that series. Yep. That was the best PK in the league, and the Avs power play destroyed them to the point where Vegas was so whiny about the officiating that they just stopped calling all, basically non-all-delay-of-game penalties. And even, even in Game 6, when Colorado did get opportunity, they scored. Like, they were just rolling. That unit was just rolling with so much confidence last year. And I think we're going to see a special year from the top line, which means a good year from the power play. Is it going to be 30%? Is it going to be insane? Who knows? I I don't know. But if they get top 10 performances from both of those units, then you're an incredibly difficult team to beat once again. Yep. I I think uh, there's no doubt about that. But I do think that the second power play unit is interesting. Let's assume Confer's on PP1. Alright. To start the season, obviously Sam Gerrard is going to be the defenseman on that unit. Obviously you're going to have Nazem Kadri and Andre Burakovsky rounding out that unit as your second line players. That leaves two spots for at least one forward, potentially two, potentially a second defenseman. It's going to be Nachushkin for puck retrieval. It's very, very likely going to be Nachushkin. But that last spot, could we see Bowen Byram? We've seen the abs try Sampo Ranta in that spot. Certainly AJ and I would love to see Alex Newhook in that spot. Uh, Megan, how do you feel about that last spot on the second She nodded about Byram. I nodded about Newhook. State your case. Byram sprung to mind first. However, I'm excited by the opportunity that could be for Newhook. I think that's actually a role he would thrive in. Not that Byram wouldn't. I just think that would help um, with so, his confidence. So sell me how it works with Byram. I think he is just, he has an offensive prowess and a tenacity that um, would benefit him in that situation. Um, 
and it just leaves a pretty strong guy to play point two if necessary if something were to come up um <coughs> but yeah I, I think that would be why okay and and are you are you expecting Byram to produce on this power play as a facilitator or as a goal scorer? Facilitator. Okay. Playmaker. All right. So uh, definitely a different look than Newhook then, I would say. You're probably asking Newhook to be, yes, of course you want him to facilitate to Burakovsky some, but mm-hmm. the Newhook play that we always talk about where he walks in and shoots the puck from the top of the left circle. Is is that just the one big selling point for you, AJ, on New Hook? Yeah. Simple as that. Watched him at every other level, just including the AHL. Do that? Yeah, just do that over and over and over and over. And okay. Just do that. Just do it. Uh, let let it's the that guy simple. let the guy be who he's been. Is there let, let him let him eat at the table he's eaten his whole career at? Uh, you know? Is there some opportunity with power play to to, I guess, kind of unleash Bone Byram in in a way you didn't see last year at the NHL level? Is there some room to let him get back to the player he was in juniors where you put the yeah, puck on it, his stick and you just tell him to go? Maybe. Um, I think it's tough because Gerard is such a, an established and quality Sure. Quarterback where he just runs a really smooth power play. That I, no, Byram well, is taking a back seat. I mean, yes and there. no. I the thing I would say if you have Gerard running up high, Byram has never been afraid to go deep in the offensive zone to pinch when there's an opportunistic moment. Sure, but who has a better shot? Byram or Newhook? I mean, new hook, obviously. And then this is where I am. Okay. If you're putting the puck on either one of their stick and they're 10 feet from the net, regardless of anything anything else, any other situation. You're taking new hook every yeah. time. Okay. And that's really, that's what it comes down to now, where I think there's a real conversation is new hook or Ranta as that other guy. You you're, you have Nachushkin out there just for puck retrieval. I... You have Kadri out there to kind of... To, for for screening, tipping, and rebound purposes. That's so I don't know that I don't know that Ranta right. makes as much sense what? on that alignment. Now we saw it. So obviously the coaching staff wanted to see that. Sure. So uh, they may just disagree with me, but I would prefer Newhook over Ranta in that spot. I, my problem with Ranta is you touched on Nachushkin, you touched on Kadri yeah. as two roles that he can fill. But you go even one step further with Burkowski. Yeah, the big one-timer, just him yeah. shooting at all. Everything that Ranta does effectively feels like it's covered by those those three guys. Yeah, exactly. And certainly Kadri and Burakovsky are not coming off that unit, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're moving up to unit one, I guess. Yeah. But it it's really hard for me... If one, of them, if one of them moves up to unit one, Confer probably takes their place on unit two. Yeah, so. right. Exactly. And There's not really room there. I, I guess if you're putting Ranta or a Ranta type player in there, you are relying almost entirely on Sam Gerard to be the puck mover there. Okay. 
So what's the problem? I, that's what I'm asking. Is What the problem it, is. Can Sam Gerard carry that load by himself? Yep. Should agree? he? I, I mean, Ranta just doesn't make sense for that role to me. Because of the I pressure agree. that might needlessly put on Gerard. Sure. And so I, my, I guess my follow-up is if we can't find a reason for Sampo Ranta on the power play. What's he doing here? Why is he in the lineup? Mikhail Maltsev can help you on the PK and also not play on the power play. I'm hurt about Maltsev, to be honest. <laughs> I, saw, I, didn't, I don't get it. I saw that happening more than Ranta. I'm excited about both. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, but I thought it would be Maltsev. I mean, d new shinies are always fun. They're shiny. Yeah, <laughs> just love and light. Right. Like, that's it. You're always excited to see what a rookie can do with opportunity. And especially one who's put up, you know, second in the NCAA in goal scoring last year. You want to know what's up. Like, there's no, no trying to find out what Sable Ranta has to give. Like, it's totally justifiable. I just. Yes. It's just with New Hook also there. And which, lots of an yeah, and why? It's just trying to. It's it's interesting to me that they prioritized Ranta what? over what they the, got out of Maltsev, which, like Ranta's ceiling is much much higher. Of course, but Maltsev is a the, is a role player who right, was playing the, the role at up. a high level in the preseason. In preseason, yeah. And Sampo Ranta had one good preseason game, and the rest of it kind of just disaster. Very chaotic. The question you're digging at here, I think, is. How does Sampo Ranta fit in this lineup? Well, how do you... It's mostly, as a coaching staff, it's your job to put players in positions to be successful. Sure. And how how are they putting Sampo Ranta? If, he, if you're better off served with other guys on the second power play unit. He's not on the first power play unit. And you're... God, no, you're not putting him on a PK. Then you're getting only even strength minutes out of him. How are you putting him in a position to be successful? And is that position more helpful to them winning overall than, say, what Maltsev might have brought? Uh, That's me, the juggling well, act that they do that I'm questioning. Hold on. Let's examine it this way. What are the forwards you would put on the penalty kill with this lineup? Obviously, Val Nichushkin. Obviously, Tyson Jost. Obviously Helm, obviously, obviously Logan O'Connor. Obviously O'Connor. Yeah. So that's and then, that's two pairings right well, there. We know that they will put JT Comfer out there. Whether they like it or not. Yeah. There's a universe where they throw Landeskog out there. See, but with, with Maltsev, like the thing with Maltsev, the, the big difference there is that he was winning faceoffs in the preseason. Is that he was and that remains to be a question. Uh, now, Tyson yes, Jost yes, hasn't yes, 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 Tyson yes. Jost and JT Comfer have both shown to get their this ass is, kicked in the dust. This is a question I very much want to ask you, Megan. How important are face-offs? This is an important question. Depends on, I think, at what point in the game they're taking the face-off. Okay. So Opening face-off of the second period. You basically, important or not? Simply put, you win face-offs, you win games. So I, I want to put some importance in there. Because it comes down to puck possession and priming your team to be in possession of the puck more than the other team. Okay. So how do you compare a 
neutral zone faceoff with 13 minutes left in the first period to a defensive penalty kill faceoff with 10 minutes to go in the game. Or any defensive penalty sure, kill faceoff. Sure. Very important. More important than neutral zone faceoff. Sure. 13 minutes in the period. And so I guess my question is, how willing are you to attempt things like we've seen the Avs throw out Nazem Kadri on a penalty kill strictly to take a faceoff? Yeah. Is that a risk you're work willing to take? Kadri is a 56% faceoff guy on his best day. Yeah. Like, more likely to win it than not, but 44% of the time he's still going to lose it. Is that a risk worth taking? Yes. Because if you win it, you clear it, and then he gets off the right, ice he could and just, you get a PK guy. He could just change and yeah. bring on someone if else. If you lose it, he's stuck out there and he's not one of your PKers. No, it's not worth the risk. It's no, Yes or no? Hang on. It, it is worth it to put Kadri out to take the face off because I think that the, the dividends are, are better. Okay, so it's worth to put Kadri out there yes. for the face-off winning yes. acumen. Definitely. Okay. So So if you're doing that, then you don't need Mikhail Maltov. Because Kadri will take the face off. Yep, for I see. You. Yep, yep. Instead Quick of line change, taking the face off and having the penalty killing yep. ability. This is this is where it takes a village. Yep. <laughs> Every decision affects everyone yep. in some way. It's, it's cascading to say the yeah. least. So that's but. That's that's the prioritization that the coaching staff has to do, which is what we thought what what I thought interesting about the decisions that they made. Also that we've been drilling them for years for preferring veterans over prospects and they are opening up with three rookies in Let their the kids lineup. Play. <laughs> and here we are arguing for Maltsev's face offs. I mean <laughs> potentially. potentially. Mostly just making the point yes. that I was surprised they picked Sample, if it had Sample Ranta played well in the preseason, it would be an easier sell. I thought he played like garbage. And then you throw the four penalty games. I don't think Sample's game was as bad. I thought I thought his game Barring barring the last preseason game, which was was awful. When when he wasn't taking penalties, I thought he was also awful. In the last game. They put him on the power play and it's just like pucks are bouncing over us. And you're like, okay, like this is like an all time bad night for the guy. Definitely. You know, Every other time you've ever seen him, he's been better than this. But this also happened while he was fighting for a job. In I mean, crunch we, time? We talked yeah. to the tarot cards. We're talking about opportunity. And, you know, it, it, does he attack blockages. it with confidence or fear? Is it, is it confidence or fear? It sure as hell was fear in game six of the preseason. Yeah. Now, it doesn't. it's not very hard. Maltsev and, and Ranta are both waivers exempt. So it's not very hard. You, <laughs> you get you go you go one game against Chicago and you're like, well, that didn't work out well. You can always just okay, fine. Yeah, flexibility there to say the least. Um, I just I was surprised at the decision and that's and that's why. And there for me, I just think that it's they're they're it's so unfair of me <laughs> because I've go. spent Here years. We go. Well, I've spent years being mad that they they ride and die with proven baddies yeah, like yeah. like Jason Megna. Yeah. You know, and now I'm a little frustrated when they take the leap of faith on a kid. 
but it's just not the kid that I want. So this is a me yeah, problem, yeah. Here's, really. Is the take you want Martin Kaut and or Shane Bowers? No, it's it's Maltev because he, okay. out, he outplayed them. And so Maltev, I thought, was the guy that, that like, earned the job. Sure. With his play, I felt like Maltev was the one who separated from that group. Ranta and Newhook included. I thought Maltev was better than both and was surprised when we got the email this morning and Maltev was the guy that they sent down. I was surprised by it. Justin Barron, not surprised in yeah. the slightest. Yeah. I I have said all along, Justin Barron, it didn't make sense for Justin Barron to make the team, but this also had very first training camp for Connor Timmons vibe, Yeah, where the coaching staff just wanted to get an extended look at him because they may not see him the rest of the year. So they wanted to work with him in practice as much as they could. They wanted to see how he responded to the coaching. They wanted to get to know him a little bit better because they see a big future for him. And that ended up being the right call, but it gave me quite the scare there when I kept telling people he wasn't going to make the team. <laughs> people were tweeting me all weekend, is Baron going to make the team? And I was just like, ah, I don't think so, but I don't really know. He ends up not, but he could be back any day. Yep. I think there's a long way to go for Baron, but me I also too. don't think that the extended look hurt at all. Would you say, because Ranta is waiver exempt, this could still be a prolonged look at what he can do with full knowing that Maltsev is coming back up and Ranta's going down. Sure. I yeah. I think it might not even be a prolonged look. I think we may legitimately be games. talking about a couple games. I think yeah, it's Chicago exactly. and St. Louis. I, I wonder just because the Eagles are on the road the 15th and they play St. Louis on the 16th, I wonder if it's two. Yeah. But the Avs also have, I think, two or three days off after the Blues game. Yeah, they have like, so it's like seven days off in the first two weeks of their schedule. Yeah, it's they have two weird. days. They have Sunday. I think they have Sunday and Monday for three weeks in a yeah, row. They should yeah. have rated on those days. <laughs> should have. Uh, I just... I, I like. We're talking about the opening night roster. It's always a story every year. Of course. Um, But it's always also a temporary story. Remember, Connor Timmons did make the team once upon a time. Played two games and two never games talked about him again. Never <laughs> saw him the rest of the year. Yep. Just gone. So, you know, this could be the same kind of thing. Sampo Ranta could make it. He could play the first two games and then gets yeeted, and that's the end of that. That's, that's just the end of the conversation. Yeah. He's, he gets battle by He bad battle botted. Bad battle botted. <laughs> bad, bad battle botted. Oh, can we please make that a consistent thing? Um,. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's uh, final thoughts here from from both of you. Anything you want to say about the Abs opening lineup? What your expectations are? Fire away. Don't play JoJo. When we're here, it has to be played. Sorry, that's the rules. No. Megan, thinking hard. It's more McDermott slander. It really okay. doesn't belong okay. here. Well. I think I think we beat that to death. <laughs> Put another one on on the same team here. Count it, AJ. What's up? Final thought. That isn't Georgia. <laughs> um, I think it's a surprising opening night roster. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom coming from Avs <laughs> fans because of death questions. Yeah. People folks, are weird about folks Jack Johnson. Might want to remember that Colorado's better player, best players, are better than almost all the other teams' best players. And when you put them all onto the ice together, there's like a combination of like 15 or 16 of them 
that are insane. That are absolutely <laughs> better than all these other teams. Yeah. So just keep in mind that uh, they've got some dope dudes who do dope shit, and they're going to win 50 games pretty easily. If you want uh, more info on dope dudes that do dope shit, be sure to check out our preseason previews. Uh, today, the defenseman one just came out, which is an entire podcast by itself. Yo, it is a 52-minute episode <laughs> of us getting in-depth into all of them. So you can check that out as well. All of our other ones, I know, the last 24 hours leading up to opening night, you just need something to pass the time. Sometimes we got you covered on that with all of those. Be sure to check them out tomorrow. Opening night. First of all, if you're not going to the game, come to the bar. Come watch the game. True. If you're not true, 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 in Colorado, true. if you're not local, I will be doing a watch along the entire game long up here in the upstairs of the bar. So Evan tune into will that. Be here, as Evan will Blaze. Evan and Blaze will be vibing as well. So it should be a blast of a watch along. Please tune in here on YouTube. This very channel. We will, uh, yeah, have a ton of fun. You'll see me laugh. You'll see me cry. You'll see the the whole gamut, probably. Dude, you shouldn't do either. One. I mean, you can laugh. I'll should, definitely laugh. There should be no crying on opening night. All right. Well, as long as you don't feed me ribs. <laughs> force feed you some ribs. And then I'll cry. Uh, either way, a bunch of awesome stuff planned. Uh, be on the lookout for all of our stuff. We have so much cool stuff coming over the next week. AI. That's all I'm going to say. If you know, you know. All right. It's true. So thank you to Megan for thank coming on. For we really appreciate me. you. Uh, anything you want to shout out where people can find you, whatever you want. I'm a Twitter user right by Wah. Let's go. <laughs> go give her a follow. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow post game, I suppose. Um, yeah, you guys will be. At least Evan, Blaze, and I. Yeah, I will, will be not back. Be part of that post. AJ's got to do a real job and and be at Ball Arena, the yeah, horror. I will not be on that post game. Uh, thank you, everyone, to for watching, listening. However, you consume the podcast, we appreciate it all so very much. We will be on again five days a week. We'll be live Saturday with a post game too. So you know where to find us. Till the next one, we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>